From Nashville, Tennessee, Southwestern Family of Companies welcomes you to the Action Catalyst. Each week, we share insights and inspiration from movers and shakers in the world of business. Our goal is to help you increase your self-discipline, overcome procrastination, and help you to take action on all the things that really matter. The question that we are tackling on today's episode is a really important one. And the question is, what do you do after you've been successful? What do you do after you've been successful? And this is a question that's been coming up more and more in my life as we have started working with high-profile clients and, and some of those who have already reached some of the top tiers of their respective professions. And uh, obviously, the people we're interacting with at Southwestern Consulting, uh, some of them are you know wanting to become top producers, but a lot of them are already top producers who are trying to break through to the next level. And the same with a lot of our consulting clients. And today, I'm excited because we have a life story to introduce to you and to share with you the real life story of somebody we worked with who was a top producer, hit that wall, struggled with complacency, and then we're going to talk exactly about what they did, how they work with their coach, and how they finally broke past that. Because if you do everything that we talk about on this show, then you too will become incredibly successful and this will sooner or later become a problem for you. So we'll get started just after this message. This episode is sponsored by Southwestern Coaching. Southwestern Coaching has helped over 11,000 people increase their incomes by over 25% on average. As a successful salesperson, you know the importance of increasing your sales, but sometimes you might just need a little extra push and accountability to meet your goals and grow your business. Southwestern Coaching will help you increase your income through one-on-one sales and leadership coaching tailored specifically to your needs. Together, we will elevate sales. To schedule your free one-on-one business action planning session with a Southwestern Coach, go to www.southwesternconsulting.com forward slash action catalyst. Earlier this year, we started doing these life stories episodes every uh, so often on the show, and they have become a quick fan favorite, and they become a favorite of mine because you're just hearing real stories of real people who are taking action uh, and overcoming challenges and creating results in their lives. And these are our coaching clients at Southwestern Consulting. So uh, we bring on the coach and the client and talk through what's going on, what were they struggling with. And I think you'll find it very relatable and um, and practical. And so today we have uh, Angie Moss. She is one of our coaches. She lives down in, in well, we, we consider it Florida. Um, and she is an absolute delight, just a woman of an incredible, incredible resilience. And one of her clients, Brad Moore, who is the vice president of Bancorp South Mortgage uh, at, down in Fairhope, Alabama. So, uh, Brad, welcome to the show. Thank you, sir. Thanks for having me on. So tell us a little bit about yourself and, uh, and, your, and your business. How long you've been there? What do you do? How long you've been in the mortgage business? Uh, just give us a little background. Absolutely. Yeah, I've been, um, gosh, I guess I started in, in the mortgage business in 2009. Um, you know, didn't know what a mortgage was, um, but, but they said it was commission and, and kind of sales oriented. So I said, sign me up. And 
started in 2009. I've um, been doing it since. I got on with Bancorp South almost three years ago um, and was in Fairhope kind of uh, starting that market, if you will, down there. And then just recently, um, they kind of promoted me to an area manager here in Tuscaloosa to open this market. So so currently, I'm, I'm managing both markets. So you started in 2009. That is so crazy to me because that is when most people left the mortgage business. Was like two thousand. Well, you, you know, it's funny. It's, it's funny you say that. That you know, I get that a lot. But one of the cool things was is in two thousand nine. That's when rates kind of dropped off the table, and and so most everybody else was, uh, you know, in their office doing refinances and you know just stacking checks. And I was the only kid. I was twenty six, twenty seven years old, and was the only kid outside. You know, the only person out there, if you will, knocking on doors and getting purchase business. And so. Um, you know, it, it would just so happen that those two years I was, you know, building up for when, um, you know, the market kind of stabilized and everybody started buying again. I had already kind of gotten a niche um, with those agents. Mm-hmm. So it worked out well. And so how did you, and I, I love that, you know, they say that there's more millionaires made in a recession than any other time in, in, uh, in history, right? That's the, that's the best time. And that, that mentality of, Seeing that as an opportunity, jumping in and doing what other people aren't willing to do is uh, that is so so cool. So, how did you hear about Southwestern Consulting? Like, how, what was what was your introduction to us? My boss said, "Hey, y'all, uh, we got a meeting tomorrow morning with um, someone that wants to come in and talk about sales training." And lo and behold, uh, the infamous KB, as you call her, or Kitty Barrow, comes strutting in the door. Um, and actually, you know, put on a fantastic uh, presentation. It was, I remember sitting there thinking, man, this would be, this is right up my alley. Um, you know, I'm a kind of a self-help, self-motivated guy. And, um, you know, but at the time, I think I told Angie a little bit of this, uh, you know, at the time being 27, 28, uh, you, you know, the investment in my eyes, um, I couldn't warrant the investment. Of course, now, um, you know, it's it's definitely, you know, more than worth it uh, now. But the the one and only Kitty Barrow, that's how I found out about it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so, Angie, uh, welcome, Angie. So good to have you. Thank you so much. Good to be here. So wh- tell me, when you first, you know, had your first call with Brad, what were what were some of your first impressions about him or what were some of the things that you kind of noticed uh, about him or his situation? Is there anything you remember about where he was like when you when you first met him? Yeah, you know, it's interesting um, because a lot of times clients have come to us and they're not real clear on what it is that they want to accomplish. Mm-hmm. through their coaching, they know they want some changes, but sometimes they don't have a lot of clarity around what those changes are going to look like or, or how they're going to manifest. But Brad was not one of those people. It was fantastic. So very early on, um, it was so good to hear somebody that had such clarity of thought. I mean, I know exactly the three things he wanted. He had a volume goal. He wanted to do it in an easy easy, easy way. He didn't want to have to work crazy hours and he wanted efficient systems. And he, that he didn't even pause. He said that. And, and so it was nice to be able to um, really focus in early on, on working on those things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That, that is interesting that you say that. I feel like a lot of, 
it's it's it is pretty a, a real common reason why people get into coaching. I think is because they're looking for clarity. So so that's interesting. So so Brad, why did you then? So why did you decide to get a coach? So you it seemed like you were pretty clear on what you were looking for. Uh, was it uh, you know was there a certain reason that you kind of decided? Well, to- you know, it's, it's our company. Um, when I first thought, you know, when Kitty left, you know, she put on a great presentation, and I knew it was something I was interested in. Um, but it just kind of out of sight, out of mind. And then um, when I came to Bancorp South, one cool thing about them is they are very sales oriented. <clears throat> Excuse me. And when I was sitting there one day, and, and kind of my intro, if you will, uh, to Bancorp South, I remember I'm making the comment. Uh, you know, if you produce X amount, um, we provide for you uh, a year's work of coaching at Southwest. Mm. And I remember that was, to me, was just as cool as, you know, getting your little trophy or name on, you know, a certain emblem on a card. I thought, man, I could, if I can get to this point, I get a, a year's worth of coaching. Um, and the cool thing is, is before, you know, maybe a month or two into it, um, instead of doing that, they actually, someone at the company, uh, Bancorp South, approached me and said, you know, hey, we're we're trying to to get we'd like some people to to do the Southwest coaching, and you know they know I'm kind of that self help process and systems kind of guy. Said, so would you be interested? And and you know I didn't blink an eye. So what was your what was the what was the biggest challenge at that at that time? Because uh, this this was this was a while ago, right? I think we, when you first started with us was February like February 2015, or where you you took over after that. I think it was February. Yeah. 15. So what was, what was the biggest challenge that you had? Like what, what, what were some of the things that you. Seems like yesterday. <laughs> right. I had a while. <laughs> Talk me through some of those, um, some of the, the struggles or those things that you were really focused on. Well, you know, one thing, um, I guess I had gotten, you know, I guess yeah, I had a number that I was doing every year. Um, I was, happy with that number it was providing for my family um and then some um but it had gotten to where i, I only needed an angie and i joke i only needed maybe three hours a day um to do that uh you know and and um i definitely wanted to push it um as, you know i had systems in place had processes in place definitely wanted to push those processes and um you know angie really helped me and, and, and angie does a good job of you know as far as challenges you know the holding me accountable um, and then also, you know, never fails every single time we have a conversation or we do our meeting, she comes up with a new idea that or a, a saying or something to think about that I'm thinking, you know, that you can't put a price on. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So uh, is, would you say the word complacent is really what the, is, is what you were, you were. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Uh huh. And so you, you decided at some point you weren't okay with just being complacent. Yeah, and I'll tell you something cool is Angie made a comment that said, you, you know, write your, you know, you know, you got your vision boards, all that's great, we do all that. But Angie made a comment, you know, why don't you, instead of just your vision is where you want to end up, you know, how about it's on your to-do list? Why don't you put down, you know, your career goal and maybe some things to do to reach that career goal and maybe it'd be you know, your ideal career, if you will. And so slowly but surely I put that down on a piece of paper and, 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 you know, here, here we are. So that's, that's interesting. Cause you just, I know, uh, vice president now that's a, that's a, that's a quick, a quick rise. So coming back to you, Angie, 
what was uh, what were some of the other things that you, in terms of the plan, right? So here you have a guy, he's successful, he's making money, but he's not ringing the top bell that he, you know, and he's not hitting all his potential that he could be. And he's battling all this complacency for you. What was, what was the plan or what was some of the strategies that you saw as an opportunity to kind of focus in on and say, all right, this is, this is what we need to do. This is what is going to take Brad to the next level. Well, you know, I I have to credit Brad. I, I, um, he is an incredible student of the game. And I, and I think, you know, just hearing him talk about, how into the self-help and all of that stuff he is, but he's an incredible student of the game. And, and what struck me early on was how motivated he was getting better. And, and it, and it not necessarily was tied to the results of those, those were nice. He had this drive to be better. And so um, early on, I, I thought, you know, let's focus on that. You know, the results are going to come, but this is a guy who really wants to be better for himself and for his family. And um, he, his family has always been in the forefront for him and talks about them a lot. He's got two little ones at home. Um, But for me, it was like a recognition of this person who has a drive that he couldn't necessarily put his finger on, but it was just a drive to be better. And and what's interesting and and the thing that I love probably the most about his story was this guy who went from producing and just was thinking about producing. He really hadn't really put any clear thoughts down um, about what he wanted to do outside of just producing and doing what he was doing. But he always knew he wanted to be able to go back home. He always knew that he wanted something over and above what he was currently doing and in December um, of this past year, um, he, we had one phone call in particular that stands out to me. And he said, you know, he, he said, I met my, well, he was $7,000 short production-wise, but basically met his production goal for 2015. What year? Like what, said, what month? I'm feeling what, kind of guilty. What month was that in? That was the middle of, that was in December. Okay. Um, he, we started in February and he started out a little bit behind, but, um, but he did meet his, his goal for, um, 2015 and this was December 15th. And he said, but I'm feeling guilty. Mm. Said, You're feeling guilty. What do you mean? He said, well, because I can do this production now in about 15 hours a week. That's all it takes. And he said, so what I'm really wondering is, what do I want to do with my career? Really, what do I want? How do I want this to evolve? And so it was this wonderful transition from him focusing on his production and himself to beginning to focus on how he could help others. And, and he clearly had a drive to to reach out and sort of help people. He said, you know, I've, I've created a lot of systems and I've learned so much. He said, I really want to be able to help other people. And I think I could help other people that are loan officers like me do the same thing. And I think I really want to do that. And um, it's so funny because that was, I think, December 15th. December 31st, he told me he got a call uh, basically saying, hey, 
would you be interested in moving back to your hometown and opening an office for us there? Hmm. And so now this is a guy who, you know, reached his own personal goals and said, yeah, I want to help other people. And just the doors opened up two weeks later. And so now April 1st, he was able to move back home with his family and open up a second market. And now he's in a position that he can take what he's learned and start helping other people do the same thing in another market. And and that to me is just really incredible. I love that. I mean, that's such a cool, you know, ultimate trans transformation. And, and I, so before I want to talk more about that, but before we do, so Brad, um, did you feel like, tell me about December, 2015. So you hit your goal, but you're, you are still feeling guilty. Yeah. And it was, you know, it was, we had, you know, we put, like I mentioned earlier, we put some processes in place and, and I told Angie, the goal was, um, we had, it was the number goal. And if you hit this certain amount, it puts you into, um, kind of like the top producers of the company. And, um, I think maybe when I started the company, um, I was just, uh, or when I started coaching, it was maybe just a couple months, but maybe six months before the year ended. So I didn't quite have a full year under my belt. So I told Angie, listen, you know, this is something I want to do. I want to hit this number. You know, I'd like to be invited to this little producer's retreat, um, and all that. So we hit our number, we put all our systems in place, um, you know, uh, constantly changing them, making them better. Um, and we, we hit our number and I told Angie, I said, you know, this is just, you know, I feel, especially, you know, I feel like I've got all this time, um, you know, you talk about multiplying time and I'm sitting here thinking, man, I got so many more hours, hmm. uh, you know, so many more hours in a work week, um, you know, we, that we could be, you know, let's, we need to be doing more like, and we need to be, uh, and not just volume, you know, volume, yes, but also, you know, what are we, what are we not doing? What are we not, pro, you know, thinking about, um, you know, being proactive? And I just thought, you know, we, we there's got to be more. We've got to be doing something more. Well, I think that's really a, an important lesson. Like, is people, people think, gosh, if I could just be caught up, if I just have all this time, right? Like then, then it would be, you know, then I would be there. But here you are an example of somebody who's like, you have that and you still are feeling called to uh, use that time to do something. So it's, it's almost suggestive of like success isn't, it's not the represent, it's not represented by how much money you make or even how much time you have, but the impact, the impact it's, comp- it's, it's comparing like the impact that you're making compared to the impact that you could potentially be making. And when you realize that gap, which sounds like what you did there, Brad, and that's very common of how a top producer starts to move to become an ultra performer uh, or a multiplier is when they realize that gap. Um, I think, I, th- I think, I think that is, that is, is really big. So, so, um, since you moved into management, like, uh, have you, have there been any major like roadblocks or speed bumps that you have run into kind of in the, in your new, in the, in this sort of next level new role? You know, we're, we're getting there. Um, you know, kind of, it's cool. Uh, you know, Angie, six months ago, she and I were sitting there talking about, um, you know, if you will, uh, one-on-ones and closing a sale, et cetera. 
and now our calls, we're spending 20, 30 minutes talking about hiring and interview tactics, um, et cetera. So um, I guess right now the challenge is, or soon will be, um, we've identified uh, a couple people to, um, you know, invite to come on board. Um, and so the new, the challenge that awaits us, you know, besides, uh, you know, penetrating a new market and getting our name out there and our, our reputation and our brand is having to sell, I guess, if you will, those processes, our company, um, to potential other loan officers and, and hopefully get them on board. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what's that been like, Angie? Cause I, I noticed that, you know, like, uh, I know that you guys just last or yesterday, it looks like you, you guys were talking about the difference between being a manager and being a leader. Uh, at least I saw that that's the module that you, you guys covered. Um, what, uh, what's that transition been like to talk about leadership and, and what's kind of the plan that you see there? You know, it's been really so much fun. I mean, just the whole transformation has just been incredible. And, and, you know, I think what happens is it's a consistent focus on let's make sure that we spend time working on your business, not in your business. You know, it's a constant reminder of what kinds of things do we need to be looking at and attending to from that 10,000-foot view, if you will. And now it's not just about um, – managing the people that he has on his team for his own personal production, but how is he going to take that and expand it into a bigger role? And, and what traits have, has he seen in others? What does he look for in people that he admires and looks up to from a leadership standpoint? And, and what does he need to do to sort of work his way that way and be that leader um, that, that he really wants to be? And it's just such a fun thing to do. Um, to, to be able to sort of make such a clear path um, from producer to leader. Yeah, and that, um, that's and a, because he was already a leader. He, he just hadn't, he didn't have people to lead yet. <laughs> mm-hmm. No truth. Yeah, well, and it's, it's, it's interesting because what, what we see a lot of times is somebody, all the characteristics that make a great producer, you know, it's like you're independent, you're autonomous, you're ambitious self-starter, right? Like you're hard-charging, you're a problem-solver, you figure things out on your own, you're self-motivated, etc. And then when you become to being a manager, it's like, in a lot of ways, it's the opposite. It's all about the team, right? It's about going slower, being patient to help people, to find people, to train people, uh, to show them. And yet, I think the thing that inspires me about your story, Brad, is this realization of going, uh, of, of, you know, that complacency of self-performance, then shifting to this, this, the leadership of service mindedness and talking about helping others and, and training to, and, and training other people. Um, so do you think, has that been a difficult transition for you or do you think you've stepped into that naturally and, uh, and are you still producing? Absolutely. Yeah. We're like, when they hired me, I mean, right now it's, I've got uh, a small staff, it's process underwriter and, um, really just process underwriters outsource. It's just process right now. And, 
and that I am definitely still producing, you know, right. They, they've, I guess, uh, given me the task to, um, kind of take that, as Angie said, kind of that, uh, um, one-on-ones with realtors and marketing, et cetera, and kind of get our name out there to our new market. Um, within the, at the same time, bring loan officers on board to, um, you know, hopefully eventually kind of, if you facilitate, if you will, some of, some of that production. And what do you think in the, in, yeah. So what, tell me a little bit more about what do you see in the future for yourself and your team? Like what's, uh, what's, what's, what's the vision? Where's, where's Brad Moore going? You know, the vision is, um, to, to, you know, it's kind of crazy. My markets are four hours from each other. Um, you know, but there's two, uh, two things that I, I do love is, um, you know, I do love Tuscaloosa and I do love the beach and, and, and one, one market is at the beach. And so, you know, the goal would be, um, I wish I could remember exactly the same, you know, how short term, long term, but to, mm-hmm. to really put my head down for, for seven to, to, you know, seven, 15 years, um, and look up and have created, uh, you know, maybe not just uh, one office in Tuscaloosa, but maybe a couple, um, same in Baldwin County, um, and then maybe have the, the opportunity to, to manage those and, you know, in 40s, 50s, kind of slowly transition from that production standpoint, uh, uh, standpoint into more of a um, leader slash manager, uh, if you will. Mm-hmm. So Put more time on the beach with Angie. <laughs> so Angie, <laughs> I got a question for you. What do you think is the number one thing that you have learned from Brad? So you watch him make this transition from producer realizing there's there's more available to him, stepping out kind of in faith and courage to go after that and start making, you know, more short term sacrifices again and rebuilding that. What what do you what do you think has been the biggest thing, you know, to flip the roles a little bit that, that you've learned from watching him? You know what consistently inspires me about about Brad is his quest um, for knowledge and his quest to do things a better way or to find a way to serve more people and be better with what he's doing. Um, and it's that level of integrity that he has that I'm just consistently inspired by and his, his willingness to do whatever he needs to do. And, and, you know, he mentioned it before, trying to think of the term, you know, double time, part time for full time, free time. And that's exactly what he wants to do. That's exactly what he's focused on. And, um, you know, I think it's that, that quest for him to, to always stay out of that complacency. Um, it's that quest for him to say, you know what, um, success for me is going to be a moving target. And um, I'm not sure, um, you know, necessarily what the end is going to look like, but I know it's a moving target and I know I can be better and I know I can do better and I know I can do it with ease and I know that I just got to keep my feet moving. And, and, and that for me is, is, is what I love about the work that I'm doing with him. Mm. I love that. I love that. What about you, Brad? What do you think if you go, what, what's the, what's the, what's the top tip uh, it could be a, it could be a technical sales tip, or uh, you know, it could be a leadership tip, or a time management tip, or what do you, what do you think is the is the the 
the the number one like your favorite thing that you've learned uh, either from Angie or Southwestern Consulting or just from being in the process because we I, I know you're a huge a huge student. You know, boy, there is so many. Um, I mean, on all aspects of it. You know, um, you know, my favorite about Angie is there's always something um, every call. You know, sometimes. I'm, I don't want to say I'm dreading the call, but I know maybe I hadn't hit my CSS like I'm supposed to. Um, <laughs> I know she's, I, I, I know she's going to get on to me, um, you know. And and but then again, we'll have our conversation, and, and it never fails. Um, there's always one tidbit, a one nugget, one idea, if you will, um, that she comes up with, you know, that that is totally unrelated, or you know, that she slowly kind of, you know slowly kind of asking and she's asking the right questions until all of a sudden we're talking about something, you know, whether it be, you know, you know, customer relations, uh, you know, uh, surveys, et cetera, ideas to constantly, you know, that, that are just unbelievable. And, and, and that I, every time we talk, I'll be listening to yell me about my CSS and the next thing I know we're talking about something and I'm writing down circling and thinking, you know, putting it on the vision board thinking this is going to, going to change. And when you actually put it into practice, you're amazed at, at how much it does change. We love hearing that. Why are you beating them up on CSS, Angie? That's good. I like to hear that. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, um, <laughs> that's been a particular... like butter with a chore. That's great. Well, you know what? I think I think that you know, really, it's funny because these there are ebbs and flows and everything, and, and I and especially with this transition, you know, with him. I mean, you know, he he sold a house, he bought a house, he he had to open a new office, he had to find the lease. You know, there's you know, it's not a small chore opening up a new office and moving your family and kids um, four hours away. And so that just happened to be one of the ebbs and flows and, and things that we wanted to make sure didn't fall off the tracks. Mm-hmm. <laughs> on top of producing, on top of producing. We have that in there. Right. Mm-hmm. No excuses. No excuses. So uh, last question. <laughs> exactly. Last question for you, Brad. If, if there is somebody out there who is listening right now and maybe they are struggling with the complacency thing. I mean, I think a lot of people listen to this because they're really hungry and they're growing, but we have a very, uh, we have a very good chunk of our coaching clients who are more, it's the opposite. It's like they're, they're making plenty of money. They're, you know, they're coach. They're less like happy camper, just hanging out, but they know deep down that they're not, they're not really bringing the heat. They're not really doing the deal. They're not living up to their potential, and they're sitting here listening to your story. Um, what 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 would you say to that person? You know, I would. My advice, I guess, you know, talking be like talking to me two years ago is, you know, you, you know, success is like sanctification. I mean, you never really ever get there. Um, and as soon as you allow yourself to feel like you're there, you've capped your potential. Um, and one thing that I've loved about Southwest and Angie is, you know, for once, you know, I always had these big dreams of where I wanted my career to go. Um, but for once, actually putting these, these processes, these systems to test, 
um, and seeing where, you know, when you're not so results oriented as much as you are um, getting better, you know, and constantly trying to sharpen uh, every knife in, in, or every arrow in the quilt, um, quiver, then, you know, the, the sky's the limit. You know, you're constantly looking for ways to, to be better. And when, you know, you look up in your life and, and you look in the rearview mirror and you go, wow, I can't believe I just did that. I uh, can't believe I'm here. Um, and, and, and it's all to the thank of, of Southwest and, and, and kind of motivating me there. Mm, I love that. Success is like sanctification. What a good good uh, parallel for sure. Well, um, Angie and Brad, thank you for uh, the work that you're doing. And, you know, I, I don't think people often realize how much when they're when they're overcoming their barriers and they're moving to the next level, how much they inspire the people around them. And uh, any story that is, is one that moves in the direction of service is one that we love and believe in and want to highlight. And I know that uh, requires some, some work and effort and challenges and Angie yelling at you every once in a while about your CSFs, but um, it is, uh, it's worth it. So uh, thank you both and thank you for sharing the story here. We wish you, wish you both the best. Thank you so much. What a cool story. I just love it. I love hearing the real life, you know, the actual thing of what happened and what somebody was struggling with and and what Brad and Angie did was just amazing. And I think there's some really good some really good lessons that came out of there that uh, I have a lot to draw on. And, and what I wanted to do is try to capture some of that and synthesize it into these five um, combatants of complacency, five things that you can do that are sort of action-oriented to help you if you're struggling with or if you know somebody who is has this issue right now because it, it is, it's a big issue and you'd be surprised at how many people get to some level in their career and they're just, you know, they're just happy making more money probably than they ever thought they would be making and and in a better place and it's it's a great problem to have it's one of the funnest to coach people through because you you know there is so much more available to them so the first of the five ideas is to reduce your risk um one of the things about why you should keep going is because you can reduce your risk. That's one reason to keep working because you've acquired a lot and uh, anybody that has uh, accumulated a lot of money will tell you that it's one thing to accumulate a lot of money and then your your focus starts to shift to how do you make sure you don't lose it. So rather than sitting back on your laurels and soaking up the sun on the beach all day, you really have to start working on a plan to lessen the likelihood that what you have earned will disappear, whether that is a great family or a great business or a great income. Um, and this can be uh, developing uh, new leaders in, uh, in, in your organization. It can be paying off all of your personal debt on your real estate, or it can be investing into research so that you always know what is coming ahead. But all of these are things that you can be doing and be thinking about um, if you're not motivated anymore to achieve, then there is a level of motivation in, that usually will come from reducing your risk. So think about what you can do for that. The second thing is raise your expectation level. Because if you feel like you're at the top of some category, 
you will find that it is naturally hard to to keep pushing because um, you just feel like you're there. And so what you have to do is raise your expectation level. And one of the best things you can do is get around a new peer group of people who are at a level that are beyond you. Um, that's one of the reasons I think people get into coaching is because you know we coach people that make millions of dollars a year. So um, if someone's making a couple hundred thousand dollars a year, it's not really I mean, it's impressive. It's a good thing, but it's we're exposed to a lot, and we see a lot, and we see ideas that are implemented by lots of successful people. So the same, that kind of idea has a lot of power. Whether it's getting a coach, or it's just a near a new peer group, or being around people who are thinking at a level that is bigger than you, and they're definitely out there. And if you can find them and surround yourself with them. I think you'll find that it will really reignite your hustle and it will expand your horizon. That's a good thing. The third idea is to create new challenges. So start with thinking, what is the biggest possible thing I can think of accomplishing in my life? Like, what is your wildest dream? What is the most over-the-top thing that you have never previously even thought to be possible? And you've reached some level of success that at one time for you was far reaching, but now it's not so much anymore. And so I want you to think about that. Think about your wildest dream and then go to work on it because you're a different person today than you've ever been before, which means you're capable of achieving things that were once unrealistic for you. So you have to kind of set new sights and create new challenges. Um, the fourth thing is to invest in significance. So you're successful. That's great. The follow-up question is, who cares? <laughs> right? There's, there's lots of successful people. Um, but you know what there are not a lot of? There's not a lot of successful people who help make other people successful. Right, So the, the new question is, who are you taking with you? Who are you pouring into? Who is going to still be here changing the world once you're gone? And I, for me, I have found that to be so inspiring. And one of the most exciting affirmations in my life is that I create millionaires all around me. That is something that's much more inspiring to me than saying, I'm going to make more and more and more and more money. Um, and I think when you're struggling with complacency, very often it's because you have what you need. And so it's like, well, what's the point? Well, that is exactly the point is it's not about you. And you, you're you lucky because you've reached a place where it doesn't have to be about you. Your basic needs have been met. Your, your, your goals have been achieved for the most part. And I think you should set new goals and do some of these previous three things that we've talked about. Um, but what's even more powerful than that is going, okay, how can I pay it forward? Who can I invest into? Who can I mentor? Who can I train? Who can I teach? Who can I, I coach? And I think you will find that um, will help you to come alive, which is, is very much related to the last one and, and, and the most powerful one, I think, of all, which is to focus on giving. Be inspired by a cause that you support, right? Work not just for yourself, but for someone else or for something else. Um, you know, it's it's easy to let ourselves down. It's it's hard to let other people down. And if you if you find a, a charity right that you want to support, so okay, maybe you have your retirement is taken care of, or maybe you are 
you know, debt free or maybe whatever your business is at a level that just you're happy with. So then you go, okay, well, how can you do something with the, the, the excess capacity you have to, to accomplish something else, to build a school or to donate to some huge, you know, cause or to buy somebody who's struggling, buy him a house or buy him a car and do create the kind of gifts that really do change the world. Um, and, and that is, is really important. And, and here's the essence, I think, of what Brad was talking about um, and, and Angie. And, and you hear them get this. You hear them get to this place when they talk about how they made the breakthrough was that, that it comes down to service because complacency is a sign of self-centeredness. Complacency is a sign of self-centeredness. Complacency says, I have all that I need, so I don't need to work anymore. But a servant mindset is one that can never be complacent because a servant's mindset is never just about themselves. It's always about helping others. And, and, and when it comes to helping other people, your work is never done, right? There's always someone in need. There is always someone who is struggling. There is always someone that you can help. And so if you're finding that you are complacent, it may be because you are living a self-centered life. You're not thinking about all the people you could be helping. You're not thinking about all the good that you could be doing. You're not thinking about the difference that you could be making. And my guess is that your work is probably not as meaningful and significant as you once thought it to be. So perhaps the complacent person is is very much missing something after all. Because we think the reason we're complacent is, is because we have it all. But perhaps it's because the, the complacent person really is missing something. Because all the money, all the titles, all the fame, all the awards, and all the recognition eventually loses its allure. But a heart of service always inspires, always motivates, and always sustains. So maybe the cure to your complacency is simply found in your focused service of helping other people. Well, that about wraps up the Action Catalyst podcast for this week. If you haven't yet, please log in to whatever your favorite medium is to listen to the show and both rate this podcast and leave a comment as that really helps us out. If you enjoy this podcast, please make sure to subscribe, leave a review, and screenshot this episode to share with your friends on social media. Make sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Action Catalyst, and subscribe to our video podcast on YouTube. Thanks for listening.